You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my friends who are much into music theater to different types of pop and rock music. And sometimes they'll introduce me to some theater music. One, two, three, four. <coughs> One, two. Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. Cause I'm the tax man. Okay, in this episode, we'll be talking about The Beatles, Revolver. With me, I have Cade. Ringo is God. Jackson. Hi. And Jess. Salutations. The Revolver is the seventh studio album by The Beatles. It was released August 5th, 1966, under Parlophone Records, produced by George Martin. Genres are rock, pop, and psychedelia. And an all-music review by Stephen Thomas Erlewine. All the rules fell by the wayside with Revolver, as the Beatles began exploring new sonic territory, lyrical subjects, and styles of composition. It wasn't just John Lennon and Paul McCartney either. George Harrison staked out his own dark territory with a tightly wound cynical rocker Taxman, the jauntly yet dissonant I Want to Tell You and Love You Too, George's first and best foray into Indian music. Such explorations were bold, yet they were eclipsed by Lennon's trippy kaleidoscopes of sound. His most straightforward number was Dr. Robert, an ode to his dealer, and things just got stranger from there as he buried And Your Bird Could Sing in a maze of multi-tracked guitars, gave Ringo a charmingly hallucinogenic slice of childhood whimsy in Yellow Submarine, and then capped it off with a trip-ditch of bad trips, the spiraling She Said She Said, the crawling druggy I'm Only Sleeping, and Tomorrow Never Knows. A pure nightmare where John sang portions of the Tibetan Book of the Dead into a suspended microphone over Ringo's thundering, menacing drum beats and layers of overdubbed face guitars and tape loops. McCartney's experiments were formal as he tried on every pop style from chamber to soul, and when placed alongside Lennon and Harrison's outright experimentations, McCartney's songcraft becomes all the more impressive. The biggest miracle revolver may that the Beatles covered so much new stylistic ground and executed it perfectly on one record, or it may be that all of it holds together perfectly. Either way, its daring sonic adventures and consistently stunning songcraft set the standard for what pop and rock could achieve. Even after Sgt. Pepper's, Revolver stands as the ultimate modern pop album, and it's still as emulated as it was upon its original release. Alright, what do we think of the Beatles' Revolver? It was okay. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Okay! Okay. I swear by all that is holy, in every episode of this podcast, I've heard nothing but Ringo Slender and torturous, torturous board in worship. And for that, you all will be punished one day. Would it, Overall, would it help you if I said I like this better than Lizzie? Ex- I, literally, if any of you think Lizzie is better than this album, you're wrong. <laughs> I do think this, so uh, I don't want to be right. Well, I hope you have fun burning in Ringo Hill. Thanks, I will. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm being too mean. All right. So <laughs> anyway, I I love this album. I think it is a masterpiece. I mean, just every. I mean, everything comes together on this one album. Even it even comes like a together. beautiful tapestry. I I'd say this is better. <laughs> Not really. Most of the songs were like fives for me. I was kind of yeah, bored listening to it. I, I wrote down here for, for one of the songs, the Beatles have mastered the art of making two minutes drag. Yeah. <laughs> that is... says it. Ah, okay. okay How about you write song? a song? Okay, I think maybe I will. <laughs> was it for no one? Because that was that was that was tragical. No, that was for um and your bird can sing. And your bird can like sing. That, no that was that was a straight up rocker. There's nothing there, man. Did you not hear that <laughs> guitar? And your bird can sing. Yeah, for my notes for that one, I wrote five out of ten, empty, because I just felt nothing while listening to it <laughs> at all. You felt nothing with that guitar, double tracked. You felt nothing. Nothing whatsoever. It was just the generic guitar sound that's in a lot of the Beatles songs. And you know your bird can sing. I wrote. Maybe if pigeons could sing, Lucy's dad wouldn't kill them. And I gave it a ranking of <laughs> 3.75 out of 5. I'm not translating it to 10. I wrote these down because I forgot we transferred over to 10. Uh, a 3 Ringos out of 5 Ringos. And a negative 100 Lizzie Bordens out of Lizzie Bordens, which is always <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> the only song that, uh, does, that just feels out of place for me, the one that I'd skip would be Good Day Sunshine. Like I, I don't think I need to hear that song. Windless. Yeah. yeah. That I mean, I I get the Beatles can be pop, but th- the sometimes there's just too much pop. <laughs> I wrote that was a song. Yes. Four was, out of ten. This was. Those were words. Yes. I'm. Paul was singing. There were cool vocal effects at the end, but there was nothing really much. But I gave it a nine out of ten because on its own, it's a fine enough pop song. I'm a, I I like things, okay? A nine. I like things. <laughs> Sue me for liking things. Well, I'm glad you like the thing. I, I don't I don't like the thing. I mean, I like some of the songs. Like uh, the yeah. highest ranked one on my list was Eleanor. I put six point six, and I wrote cool. Six point six out of ten. It just sounds I, cool. Point six. I'm not given to hyperbole, okay? It's the string. An eight, at least a woman. Come on. It's the string. My two highest. Paul was the only. My two highest were both Eleanor Rigby and. And my my other highest were for no one. And I want to tell you that is on the album, right? I want to tell you. Both of them are yes. It might have been one of the shuffling songs after. No, there. Because when I listen to I no, it is. It is. Because when I listening listen to this, my streaming service started shuffling songs, the other Beatles songs after it. And I didn't even notice because there wasn't like a distinct end of the album. I want to tell you that never knows wasn't a distinct ending for you. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't. But I did like it too. I gave it a six out of ten, and I wrote it had Malloy vibes. Tomorrow Never Knows (laughs) didn't feel like an album ender to me. Like my favorite Beatles album is Sgt. Pepper's. You like listening to this surreal, psychedelic pop stuff and day in a life, right? Weirdest acid trip you've ever been on. That that's it sounds. Yeah, that's why I wrote that it had Malloy vibes. It's to like it ends acid trippy like, but it doesn't like. There's nothing 
like in the song itself that like yeah, yeah. like feel yeah. you know I like, agree in a life right why I are you criticizing the album Kate I thought we were all supposed to love it I you know what I, no you see we can you have to love the album as a whole but you can dislike one, certain one thing songs I liked about Tomorrow Never Knows was I, that uh, was Ringo's drumming it was it was all done in like one take it, it, they didn't have to loop anything he was just he was just that powerful. And okay, I'm gonna give it an Ringo extra Ringo. Like, I only give it yeah, one Ringo in my notes. Ringo was actually my favorite part of the album. Drum oh, solo. He, this is probably his best drumming. He, on he the was album. consistent. That's what I mean. He's consistent, which I like. Yeah. There's this uh, one song that was gonna be on Revolver, but it wasn't. It's called Rain, and it's it's singled out as probably his best drum performance ever. I'll link it in the chat. Okay. What is it? Um, Got to get you in my life, and Eleanor Rigby are my. Oh, <laughs> two highest rated songs. Funny right. story. I was I was watching the Minions movie when it came out in 2015, and it was the end credits. And oh, this the, the movie was awful, but I liked the, the I liked the song. I liked the brass. I I didn't know what song it was for like four years, and then four years later, I'm listening to Spotify on my shuffle. Got to get you into my life comes, and I realize, oh my god, this is the this is the Minions movie song. Mom, it's oh the Minions god. movie song. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for not to get you into my life. On my notes, I said this is a good song for like AMVs for ships, and I gave it. Really? I didn't think so. Whatever. It was actually. I, I gave it. it was uh, actually, Paul McCartney's love. I gave ode. It. This was actually Paul McCartney's love ode to marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a four out of five stars. Four rings and introducing a new level of. Oh my god. Uh, five looses from Owl House. So let's talk about the elephant uh, in the room, Yellow Submarine. It's oh, right. Yeah. I have bad memories of that song. It's, I mean, I, I remember practicing it over and over and over and over and over for piano when I was in second grade. I hated that song. <laughs> in the town where I was born lives a man. <laughs> lives a man. Yeah, okay. And he told us his life. In a yellow submarine, and we all live there. <laughs> that we all live in a yellow yes. submarine. Hey, hey. It's <laughs> practically there was no way they all lived in a yellow submarine. Let's just say, we all live in a yellow submarine. No, I'm trying to do the people fighting me. Okay, shut up. So, anyway, on notes, I said. The peak of the album, <laughs> and genuinely one of the most important songs in human history. Five out of five, Infinity Ringos. The most important right. songs in human history, that's a stretch. That's a big stretch. It didn't live up to, like, I keep hearing about it. I, this isn't the first time I heard it. It's This is nothing. the first time you've heard Yellow Submarine yeah. in 20 years of existence? Yeah, I, I no thought listen to the head empty. It could be a Wiggles song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't you disrespect the Wiggles. It's true, though. I'm not disrespecting the Wiggles. It just has Wiggles song energy, you know? Isn't that a good thing, Maybe that's why it catches on so much, because it, it reminds us of Wiggles. I guess. But when but when is, like, Go to Sleep Jeff gonna go viral and become the most influential song in human history? It's ten years from now? When it comes a yellow submarine. But we all live in one. <laughs> we live in a yellow society. 
episode is too chaotic. Four people is still chaotic. Because there's four of us here, not the whole crew. It's we're not all vibing, but we're vibing too hard. Yeah, yeah. This is like us just chilling out on a Saturday night instead of actually trying. In yeah. the town where I was born, lived a man who sailed to sea, and he told us of his life in the land of submarines. So we sailed onto the sun. I think I actually liked George's three songs. I think they're all very underrated. Which one did he sing? Uh, Taxman, Love You Too, and uh, I Want to Tell You. I did not like Taxman. What? Yeah! Did he, was, oh! it was it because he was going to tax our feet? Edward that- 4.2, it's boring. The lyrics were nonsensical and really hilarious, but it somehow still managed to be boring musically, I mean. I, I should I, hear what... Um, it isn't that George, all that good of an intro. George can and it's what everyone hears when the stimulus hits. Man. <laughs> 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 the tax man. Yeah, the tax man. He'll tax your feet. And your heart. Yes, yes. It's a bit like Repo the Genetic Opera, which we should probably listen to at some point. Oh, yeah. Like, Taxman yeah. was written because George was getting taxed a lot, and he didn't like that. He didn't like the British taxing system, so he wrote a song, wow, about, like he wrote a song about taxing our feet because he didn't like the taxman. The rich guy didn't like being taxed. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? I'm so shocked. This is my shocked face. Wait until we get to the Rolling Stones' exile on Main Street. There's going to be so much anti-tax I've never listened to the Rolling Stones, and I'm not Okay, we're called the Rolling Stones. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't do laugh, too. I will laugh all I want. This is too dysfunctional. And it's not going to be saved by the edit, I can tell you that. In 1965, George Harrison looked like this when he was recording the Help movie. And he discovered a sitar on set and he suddenly became really interested in Indian music. And that's how we got Love You Too. I liked Love Oh yeah, I put 5 out of 10 nice instruments, but the vocals spoil it. Oops. Bit mon- what? monotonous, <laughs> but I like the lyrics. Which one? George's. George, love you too. George and also the spelling kind of threw me off when I was reading it. Like, hey, wait a minute. To what? Yeah. <sighs> love you to the end. Yeah, that's what they said here. The song was good until the singing started. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, handshake emoji. It's not. It's not George's best. Ready with it's a handshake. Not George's best singing. I like. I like George. He's like my favorite ba- uh, favorite Beatle. I don't know them apart. <laughs> Look at the album cover. Mostly George for... is the one looking directly into your soul. Oh my god. It's like Ringo <laughs> from last episode. Or from the band episode. 
And Ringo's looking up to the sky where he belongs. <laughs> He's looking at the yellow submarine. <laughs> those faces are pretty creepy because they're like half cartoonish, yeah. but then Arr has those realistic eyes. Now, <laughs> why did they real- have realistic eyes? eyes? Yeah. yeah. So why they go so hard? The, uh, why are Ringo and George's eyes like so realistic? Yeah, I, I keep looking at this image expecting to find Lucky Luciano in there somewhere. Cursed image. <laughs> it is a cursed image. <laughs> Where where is the I had to do it to him guy? He's got to be hiding up there somewhere, right? I I I I have too much internet. The cover art was written by the Beatles' <laughs> close friend Klaus Vormann. He's a cover German guy, written? and he's out. He plays the bass, and he's also a artist, and he he made this for them. So we can thank Klaus nice. for our nightmares. Thank what you, was Doctor Robert about? It like, was John's dealer. Whoever you are. It was John's John Lennon's drug dealer. It was literally like <laughs> just John telling people go to the doctor. Yeah. Go to my doctor. He'll make get you Doctor Robert. So Doctor Robert's apparently doctor, this real man. guy in New York who like he's like famous and he gives out drugs to celebrities. Huh. If you look at this picture of the four Beatles, Ringo's in the dead center, you can all tell they're really stoned right now. John's on the far left. It's Paul's Ringo, on the far man. Right. Ring- Ringo looks so red, right, right there, just in the center, smiling. Ringo. Oh, by the way, um, Paul actually walked out of some of the s- songs on this because the other guys were doing LSD, and Paul didn't want any of that. He was he was a pot guy. Well, damn it, Paul! Don't be doing we. Well, we don't want to do pop songs anymore. Well, that's too bloody bad, John. Get it over. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably how it happened. And it's ironic because, like a year or two later, Paul was in an interview and he confessed that he took LSD or something. Oh my God! Cool. This is so, well. So wow. They got, they got him later. Paul SD. Damn it, Paul! You can't be doing LSD. I'm sorry, John, but I have to do it. <laughs> I have to do it to them, John. Paul, get out of the lawn. Stop pausing. Stop posing like that. Damn it. Get back in the <laughs> So, you know what I liked? I, I thought here, what? there, and everywhere was beautiful. Anyone, is anyone want to disagree I wrote, with me? here, there, and everywhere describes my intention during this He's song. here, he's there, he's everywhere. Who are you going to call? Psychic friend, friend bear. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote in my notes. Uh, I Why are we making Game Theory FNAF references? What is this podcast? <laughs> I wrote in my notes. I wrote in my notes. Someone listened to Pets. Yeah, it's unfortunate. If only I could remember like school stuff with this level of precision same i wrote in my notes for here there and everywhere well someone's listened to pet sounds probably paul's best i put 5.2 um kind of boring but sweet i guess oh yeah because sweet and mellow is always going to be boring yeah basically you know what other song is sweet and mellow but boring sweet friend by the orion experience that's one of my like least favorite songs by them but it's still sweet i guess yeah no one understands what you're talking about. Who listens to the Ryan Experience? No one knows who that is. Okay, fine. But their songs are better than the Beatles' entire discography. Uh, pardon? No! It's <laughs> not. It's true. Rapper. You are it? incorrect. This is a certified no. moment. <laughs> so, I really dug 
I am only sleeping, or at least I dug the backwards guitar solo. That was dope. Yeah, the instruments were the best part of that. Again, yeah, the instrumentation that was a really nothing is song. the best part of this album, really. Yeah, everything was but short, vo- but it dragged. Everything, everything about this, yeah, it's this. I mean, this album is—it's short. It's—it's it's a basic pop album, but it's also very. Looking at Jess's reaction to it, it's also very inapproachable. I, you, you have to listen to it like a few times to really get it. This doesn't really. Sound oh, like a you pop need a album. high IQ to understand Revolver, huh? <laughs> you clearly do not. Again, I'm. Why am I so mean? Why am I so mean on these episodes? I go. I. I it's fine. It makes for better banter. When you're in VC, you instantly become 500 times more mean. That's not true. I am. I'm still a precious cinnamon roll. Being <laughs> ruthless with this outfit. Oh right. Never mind. You insulting me too during this. Poison cinnamon roll. Even though this album isn't as accessible as like other Beatles albums, everyone knows Eleanor Rigby for a reason. It's it's amazing. Everyone knows yeah. Eleanor Rigby because it's in the Yellow Submarine movie. It's yeah. her song. I have not watched that either. Oh, we should watch that someday. I have the DVD. We've eventually got to do like we got to watch some of the movies for like an episode. I feel. Yeah, like before an episode yeah. or something. So we or can do like a live a commentary track. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. In the lyrics to Eleanor Rigby, I was confused to why Father Mackenzie was, quote, darning his socks, but then it hit me. He was doing it to protect his feet from getting taxed by George Harrison. When I, think fa- when I heard Father Mackenzie, I immediately thought of Glenn from Fate Zero. Who is Glenn? It's the grandpa who takes. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Glenn Mackenzie. He has the only, like, normal name. He's Canadian. (laughs) So you're telling me there's a Beatles reference? He's like, hey, Wade, we want to watch the stars be my grandson. How would you like to be my son? And then he gives them a blanket, and they have, like, a a moment, and they're, like, found family, and it's great. Yeah, so, and then that's uh, it. Last time we like, ever see him. So, Last time we ever see him. He so should have been mentioned in Kate's files. Except make he's him, probably make dead him a by servant. Then. <laughs> make him a servant. I would I would rail for Glenn McKenzie, honestly. So uh, recap the <laughs> Father McKenzie verse and Eleanor Rigby. Remember to darn your socks to protect your feet from taxation by George Harrison. That's that's the lesson. Stop George. <laughs> Stop it, George. Damn it, George! Stop taxing my feet. Stop it. Well, I can't no, wait, stop. Oh, no. I have to keep doing it. Every Beatles episode is just gonna have me doing Beatles impressions for skits. Yeah. I, I can just feel it. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're yelling at us. This album is renowned for being one of the first albums for using the music studio as an instrument, especially in "Tomorrow Never Knows," the proto Dave Malloy song. You can tell they didn't really have their, like, solid, you know, footing on this because it's it's kind of felt awkward at points. Oh yeah, with like the sound None mixing. The, this is like the last one of the last periods where the Beatles, as a cohesive group, worked together. Oh yeah, yeah. for some reason. For some reason, on this album, I never had the issue. Like, I didn't notice the instrument in one ear and the vocals in the other. 
Oh yeah. I I like, felt that it was weird. Yeah, like I'm when I'm used to listening to Beatles music, I'm used to being able to like, oh, I just want to listen to the vocals, and I'm able to take the other ear off and just listen to the vocals. Not this but here, time. that never happened. It was the whole song, all, all of it together, and I was like, what witchcraft is this? Especially since this album came out a year before Sgt. Pepper, which goes back to it. So what happened? Oh yeah. <laughs> Did they get a different producer? Oh no, George Martin is like the same producer for all of the albums. Hmm. Yes, he, pr- oh, okay. the guy who produced Please Please Me, really, he was the same guy who produced Revolver three years later. And I, I really, and he wrote the, Game of Thrones, right? I think really, <laughs> I think really com- <laughs> comparing Please Please Me with Revolver, it's amazing to see how far the Beatles progressed and just three years first they were just this simple rock and roll band and now they're like i mean in 1962 their lyrics were love love me do you know i love you but three years their lyrics are lay down all thoughts surrender to the void and then i feel like please please me more than this album. best albums of all time great One more fun fact about the song She Said, She Said. It was inspired by John Lennon having a hallucinogen trip and uh, fellow actor Peter Fonda told John about his experience about what it was like to be dead. (laughs) That's fun, right? I wrote here for that. She said this song goes on for too long. She said maybe we should find a sort of song. (laughs) It's, it's, I get, okay, it's droning, but it's in a... It's in a nice type of droning way. I mean, I I think on all the the songs on here that Ringo drums on, they're really he's really consistent with them. I I, re- I really love Ringo's drumming on here. He's Ringo. It's Lord Ringo. Peace and love. Fan. No more fan mail. Peace and love. No more podcast impersonations and worship. If I see any more worship. Or fan impressions of me after October 31st, 2022, I will send my legion of fans to kill you. Hold that to, hold that to me, guys. I can't do any bit dies on right. the so, next uh, year. On the Halloween. next year in October. That's when it dies. So, Revolver went to number one on the U.S. charts, but it didn't go on number one for very long for two reasons. The first reason, the South. The second reason, what John Lennon said to provoke the South. Anyone care to guess what that is? Um, um I really hate all people in different regions. <laughs> Close. You know, I went to the <laughs> South <laughs> and I was like, suck. hey, why is this segregated? And I was like, Paul, let's get out of here. Also, did you know the Beatles are technically bigger than Jesus right now? Oh crazy? my god, I forgot oh, about I'm bigger than John Lennon! <laughs> Yeah, so, All yeah, right, God. Also, please, please do not shoot me. 
also, in like five years. That would suck. Please. And so, yeah, outrage occurred also, in the Beatles 1966 U.S. tour. There was a lot of controversy around the Beatles American tour of 1966. Like, there were bombing threats. The KKK threatened to hang them. They might burning Beatles records, many radio stations banned them. It was it was really a, a difficult time, especially since like the Beatles were they produced this extremely experimental pop album, but the South doesn't care. They only care about their Christ boy. So they uh um, a bunch of snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they are. Yeah. Wow, you you created a really existential experimental studio album. Wait, did you say you don't like Jesus? Burn them we're gonna buy your album anyways, but we're definitely not gonna buy it now. Oh, oh, some some <laughs> we're people. We're gonna buy after, it just to burn them. You know, some people they burnt their Beatles albums only just to buy them again. Oh, by the way, fun, another fun fact on the Beatles 1966 tour: not a single song on Revolver was played on that tour. Not a single <laughs> one. Sacrilege! You're telling me that the Beatles themselves didn't play their best song ever, Yellow Submarine, on a tour? I am... Nope. Furious! I think that was the idea. They they made an album that was only meant to be played in a studio. Like they, Well, I guess we the, gotta cancel the Beatles, guys. There was Hashtag the idea Beatles of, are over party. They, 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 like, pioneered the idea that this, a studio was an instrument, and you can't really put a studio... On a stage, in front of ten thousand people. <laughs> Although you can, but it's not practical. All right, so it's getting a bit late. What did we think of this album? I, Let's go around. Can I you... actually did the math this time. I did the math too, for once. Uh, yeah. I gave it a four point nine one six 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 six, repeating out of ten. So actually, Satan. Five out of ten. <laughs> yeah. A 5 out of 10, really? No, it was a 4.916 repeating out of 10. Yeah, but if you round it, it's a 5 out of 10. Round it up. Yeah, that, that is true. All right, Cade, what did you think? Did not leave that big of an impression on so, me. So, I tried doing the math with both my normal ratings and my uh, Ringo ratings. So, on the Ringo's rating, it's uh, Beyond Infinity, a Ringo's. So, God help us for what... Uh, a Ringo scale for uh, Sgt. Pepper will be, because I already love that album normally, and you can tell the Ringo fan in me likes that album too, mm -hmm. so but in terms of like actual rating for this one, not character, uh, I guess 8 out of 10, pretty good uh, I gave it a 5.35 out of 10 that's what it all came out to sacrilegious so um Riley, who's not here, gave it a 7 out of 10. She's They're better than you guys. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. So, to be honest, it actually kind of took me a while to get to this album. I had to bite it in little chunks, like, one song at a time, but... So I, so I could get, like, used to the songs, like, Got to Get You Into My Life, Tomorrow Never Knows, uh, Taxman, Eleanor Rigby. I, 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 I first listened to, like, Revolver songs two years ago. And ever ever since then, I I like started to I started to get more attached to the songs because uh, I've dealt with them more. And now that I'm I'm listening to it in its entirety, I I come to realize these this this is like, it's not the it's not like the best album ever, but it it really is a masterpiece in terms of what it does in turning a a, a music studio 
into a musical instrument. And to think that this was three years after the juvenile please please me, it's it's just mind-boggling to think. So uh, for what it does, and I, and the instrumentation is dope. The lyrics are amazing. The the vocals, I the I think you guys have a point. The vocals might be a bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but but the instrumentation and the uh, and the lyrics, they're just this is the most mature the Beatles have been, maybe if if except for like Rubber Soul or something. So yeah, ten out of ten, masterpiece. Fight me. Masterpiece. Wow, okay. Masterpiece. It should also be it should also be noted that the Beatles stopped touring after this album. They never really? did a yellow submarine on a tour. What a shame. Yep. This says a lot about our yellow submarine. Honestly, though, but could you submarine. imagine a yellow submarine, <laughs> yellow submarine on a tour with like yeah. hundreds? Of could you imagine George Harrison chorus? singing to like ten thousand oh. people in a packed stadium? I'll tax your feet. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine, imagine all those people, people <laughs> living in a yellow submarine submarine? You. Ooh, imagine all those people. They say I'm a dreamer. Oh, so this, <laughs> but I'm not the only one. When they talk about, by the way, that's a topical. You're not the only one who lives in a society. You so, must way, that's a So when they they they're talking about how the the vinyl disc revolves around around and around that's so it's a it's pun it's a pun it's funny around around and around around. i like this game i'm looking at my copy of revolver right now george is staring deeply into my soul i can't do it i think we should spin the wheel now before he's before he steals it right spin the wheel all right, you know the deal. Wait, if it's I thought a this was a concept album. album. Was, this isn't a concept album. I don't know. It's not a. It's barely a concept. No, it is a concept album. It's the first ever album that uses a recording. It's a barely studio. a concept album. Therefore, this ain't is a concept album. album. All right, so I spun the wheel, and the next album we will be listening to is Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice's original concept album of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Great, Christ. We're doing two before. different musicals next. Woo! Woo! Nice. Yeah, thank you.